Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, whose blessed Son made himself known to his disciples in the breaking of bread, open the eyes of our faith that we may behold him in all his redeeming work, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen.
A reading from Acts. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power or piety we had made him walk, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate, when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you and killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and by his name, and his name by faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith which is through Jesus has given the man this perfect health in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that this Christ should suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come to the presence of the Lord. The word of the Lord.
reading from John. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it <clears throat> did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one sin who sins has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who does right is righteous, and he is righteous. The word of the Lord. be with you and also with you the holy gospel of our lord and savior jesus christ according to saint luke glory, glory to you lord christ while the disciples were telling how they had seen jesus risen from the dead jesus himself stood among them but they were startled and frightened and supposed that they had saw a ghost and he said to them why are you troubled and why do questionings rise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see. <coughs> For a spirit has not flesh and bones, as you see that I have. While they still disbelieved for joy and wondered, he said to them, Have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, these are my words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, 
and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ. Grant, O Lord, that thy word only may be spoken and thy word only may be received. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to be home this Sunday. Um, it's a little known fact uh, that priests do not get to travel um, as much as most other professions. Uh, it's one of the things I never thought about when entering into the vocation of priest, that I would be sort of tied uh, very carefully to a local community uh, and never see much else other than the local community. Uh, but I did get the opportunity to get out, to escape for a little while, and um, of all places to go, I went to Sheboygan, Wisconsin. So, so while most people go to, uh, someone's leaving for Miami and New York or Boston and Chicago, I got to go to Sheboygan. Um, I preached at the institution or installation of a dear friend of mine um, as rector of a very old church in Sheboygan um, and did so in the presence of three bishops and the dean of a seminary um, and a lot of other people. Um, and I did not embarrass you, I hope. I only used the word y'all once uh, so, so that it, I don't come back bringing shame to our beloved St. John's. Uh, one thing while I travel, uh, I got to watch TV, which is not something I very often get to do in the evenings uh, for periods of time, or, or we're either watching um, Phineas and Ferb or, or something other than things I might be interested in. Uh, but we got to watch TV, and I was surprised at what all was showing. Uh, it seems every year, and I'd sort of forgotten about this, there's sort of a crusade to debunk or deconstruct the Christian faith. And this is no different. You know, every year around Christmas and Easter, the High Holy Days, there become sort of attacks, if you will, <coughs> or pricks of the Christian faith. And while I was in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, um, there were three or four shows I noticed. The Real Tomb, or Uncovering the Real Tomb, the Lost Tomb of Jesus. Uh, these men worked very hard and sort of came up with scientific explanations and theses <coughs> Uh, that Jesus actually did not rise from the dead, but yet his tomb was buried, or he had an actual tomb where his bones could be found. And they spent a great deal of effort exploring that. The historic Jesus was another one where what we learn about in Scripture, or what is told to us in Scripture, is not exactly accurate. And so they did scientific inquiry through uh, historical criticism to find out the real Jesus, the historic Jesus. 
And there was another one that was titled, Who Jesus Really Is. Who Jesus Really Is. And it looks at cultural contexts and other world fates and what they say about Jesus to tell us who Jesus really is. And I was sort of uh, found it comical and, and somewhat uh, troubled at the same time, uh, sort of juxtaposing those television shows against this morning's gospel reading. As I was trying to construct a sermon uh, this week, I hope successfully, but when I was trying to construct it, uh, those shows were on. And it was just an odd contradiction because the disciples themselves, if you noticed in the gospel, uh, didn't know who Jesus really was either. And they were standing in his presence. And while they still disbelieved for joy and wondered, Jesus said to them, have you anything to eat? And, you know, and he takes fish and eats. He's standing in their midst and they don't believe it. They disbelieved. They were confused. They wondered. So if they were in the same room with Jesus while he's eating fish and they're touching him and things like that, how can we expect that people in our own day using scientific inquiry can have any better an idea of who Jesus was than the disciples? There's a key, though, in this morning's gospel that would answer every sort of criticism and things like that on the television um, and give us the answer to find out, discover who Jesus truly was. And he opened their minds to understand Scripture. Luke records that. He opened their minds to understand Scripture. So it is only, it is only when they understand Scripture that they understand who Jesus is, that their disbelief ends, that their wondering ends. It is only when they understand the scriptures that they understand who Jesus is. Now the scriptures are very important. In that one line, they understood the scripture. Only when they understood the scriptures tells us some important things about our own spiritual journey. We cannot know, no matter how much television we watch, we cannot know who Jesus is until we ourselves understand scriptures. Now, what are scriptures? Here in the gospel, it's referring to the Old Testament. The scriptures, we say, contain God's revelation. We say there is no way to know anything about God other than what he has revealed to us. The only way we know about God is what he has told us about himself. So scriptures contain that revelation. They contain the stories of that revelation. That is how we understand who God is by what is revealed, captured in the stories and the narratives of the Old Testament. The Old Testament, the scriptures also contain the story of humanity, from its beginning to its fall to its expulsion. In that is a metaphysic where we understand how God relates to us, how we relate to God, and how we relate to one another. A very important story that tells us exactly who we are, who God is, how we relate. Lastly, the Old Testament reveals the plan of salvation. Again, from our fall, or when we were created good and in the image of God, our expulsion, when we were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, to time after time after time, God reaching out and offering us reconciliation from our trying to come back 
into a right relationship with God, a saving relationship with God. The Old Testament contains all those things. And this morning, in our Sunday school class, we were discussing how they could not have known, it seems maybe something for some of us who are churched or been going to church a while, it seems so elementary. But the disciples themselves, although they were students of the Scriptures, they were faithful Jewish people who had heard Scriptures their entire life, never got that the Psalms were speaking of Jesus. They never got that Isaiah was prophesying Jesus. They never understood that all the other minor prophets were prophesying Jesus who was standing in front of them. And when they understood, aha, that's Jesus that the Old Testament speaks of. That is Jesus, the man the Old Testament speaks of. They understood. Their disbelief ended. So, if we want to know who Jesus is, brothers and sisters, we do not look to the television, but we look to the Scriptures. And we must look to the Scriptures with a certain attitude. There's a way to go about reading Holy Scriptures. First and most important is prayerfully. As you notice, when we gather here on Sunday mornings and holy days and at other times, we don't just willy-nilly sort of throw out a Bible or throw out readings uh, while we're talking casually or doing other things. We read with intent. When we come here, the first thing we do before the service even starts, y'all pray, we pray, the altar party and choir prays before we even enter and begin our worship. Then we have several prayers and praises that we offer to God that we may understand God's Word, that it may affect us, that we may gain and understand God's revelation to us, that we may be inspired through that, that we may be moved, that we may meet God Himself through the reading of Scriptures. So it's a very serious thing we're about when we read Scripture on Sunday morning. And when we read Scripture at home or on the plane or the bus, we should go about it just as seriously, although probably without vestments or or torches. I don't think they like torches on airplanes, but we can still pray, right? We pray that we may understand them, that God may be with us, that His Holy Spirit may fill our hearts because we meet God in those scriptures. We meet God's revelation. Everything necessary to our salvation is contained in the Holy Scriptures. And that's extremely important and beautiful and holy. So we pray, as our collect prayed this morning, to have our eyes opened to see the truth. We must also read the scriptures through the lens of the deposit of faith, through the lens of the church. Now, the deposit of faith is a word we don't use probably too often in conversations, uh, but what that is talking about, the deposit of faith, is since the time of the apostles, the work that has been done, the collective work that has been done to understand the scriptures, the collective prayers that have been made to understand the scriptures, the collective evangelism that has been done. Um, so it is the work, the collective work of the church together. It is the ecumenical councils when bishops came from all over the world to one place to define clearly who Jesus is, to define clearly what the church is, to define clearly doctrine that we consider extremely important. So we must look at scriptures through the lens of the deposit of faith. And we do that here 
uh, and one example is following the liturgical calendar. There's Christmas, there's Advent, we start with Advent. We prepare ourselves for Christmas and for Christ's second coming. Epiphany, which is God making himself known to the world in Jesus Christ. Then there's Lent, spiritual preparation for the resurrection. Then there's the Ascension, Pentecost. We follow the whole calendar and this deposit of faith around. And these celebrations and festivals and feasts and fasts help us understand Scripture and who Jesus is. It brings us closer. So we must read Scripture through the lens of faith, the positive faith. We can't just sort of willy-nilly on our own pick up the Bible without any regard to those who have gone before us, or we will most likely be in error. It's hard to deviate from 2,000 years, a 2,000-year deposit of faith, and not be wrong. It's also important to remember that the Bible does not stand alone individually. The church, the apostles, the disciples were before, they stood before the Bible stood, and they gave as a gift to the church the Bible, the sacred scriptures, this record of the New Testament, as did the uh, Jewish people, the Israelites, give as a gift the record of the Old Testament. That book belongs to the church, and apart from the church, you cannot understand God's revelation, and you will never know who Jesus is. This gospel reading this morning, besides giving us some insight into uh, how dangerous television might be, uh, it also gives us a duty. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be preached in his name to all nations. So once we understand who Jesus is, once we understand that it is the Old Testament pointing us to Jesus, it is the Old Testament pointing us to salvation in Jesus, it is the Old Testament pointing us to God in Jesus Christ, then we have a duty as we have been saved, as we have been made whole by this record of Scripture pointing to God and God's revelation in Jesus Christ, we have a duty to do the same, to go out and to preach repentance, to tell, tell people and ask people and beg people to turn from self-centeredness, to turn from sinful ways or ways that are not of God. And also a very important message to give is one of forgiveness, to go out and let the world know they are loved, that they are forgiven, that there is nothing in the world they can do that it goes beyond God's forgiveness and God's love and God's mercy. That is a message that is sorely needed. In an age of tolerance, when we leave everyone alone to their own devices, they need to hear about repentance and correct living. But they also, the world needs to hear about forgiveness. You are loved. You are of worth to God. You are of more worth than you could ever imagine. And there's nothing you can do that God will not forgive you for. Come be made whole. Come be healed. That is our duty. Once we ourselves recognize God's forgiveness of us, once we ourselves recognize who Jesus is in our salvation in Him, we have an obligation. We're obliged to show the same mercy to others that God showed to us. That's a very important thing. So, if you want to know who Jesus is, if you want to know Jesus, if you're searching for Jesus, do not look to the History Channel. You will not find it. Rather, look to the church and to the scriptures 
and to the people. Look to the church and to the scriptures and to the people with humility and love, and you will find him here. So dedicate yourselves, brothers and sisters, to providing an alternative to television shows about Jesus to this world. Dedicate yourselves to letting the message of God's love and forgiveness and mercy in Jesus Christ dedicate yourselves to having that message be known and be louder and broadcast better than what you find on the TV. Let us pray that we may be evangelists in a dark and broken world. Let us pray that we may bear with us God's love and God's mercy. Let us pray that we may carry with us the true Jesus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Standing, let's affirm our faith in God and in His Holy Church. We believe in one God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that he has seen and unseen. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God of God, life from life, true God and true God, the God of Kneeling, let us pray for the church and for the world. Grant, Almighty God, that all who confess your name may be united in your truth, live together in your love, and reveal your glory in the world. Lord, in your mercy. Guide the people of this land and of all the nations in the ways of justice and peace that we may honor one another and serve the common good. Lord, in your mercy. 
Give us all a reverence for the earth as your own creation, that we may use its resources rightly in the service of others and to your honor and glory. Lord, in your mercy. Bless all whose lives are closely linked with ours and grant that we may serve Christ in them and love one another as he loves us. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort and heal all those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit. Give them courage and hope in their troubles and bring them the joy of your salvation. Lord, in your mercy. We commend to your mercy all who have died, especially Lisa Bushelon, Jean Thickens Cooper, that you will for them may be fulfilled. And we pray that we may share with all your saints in your eternal kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. Let us pray for our own needs and those of others. For your handmaids with child, especially Heather Brown, Catherine Davis, Karen Fitzgerald, Elizabeth Hancock, Sarah Harrison Ishi, Kim Johnson, Amanda Kennedy, Jennifer Malone, and Jody Tucker, and for the birth of Eva Jane Farrell. For those celebrating birthdays this week, especially Will Shard, Cleve Johnson, Edie McDaniel, Ray Palmer, Savannah Walters, and Kate Williams. Also for those celebrating anniversaries this week. For those who suffer in body, mind, or spirit, especially Tiffany Tipton, Connie Baxter, Elliot Biggert, Forrest Boyd, Kevin Boyette, Beth Boykin, James Ray Bush, Karen Cannon, Luca Corraldo, Mary Craft, Mike Dermond, Bill Devers, Sean Eubanks, Bonnie Garner, Abby Hedrick, Bill Herson, Leroy Jensen, Lynn Jenkins Lindsay, Mary Lou Lott, Della McAllister, Jean Miller, Theron Miller, Castile Moppet, Austin Morgan, Herbert Parsley, Carol Provost, Jenny Lou Kwong, Catherine Rich, Ashley Rogers, Diane Scott, Laverne Scott, Royal Shouse, Casey Smith, Don Smith, Wendy Sneed, Carolyn Ruth Stancil, Joan Todd, Joyce Thames, Martha Jane Taylor, Tyler, Mary Wade, Shirley Waldrop, Dan Walters, and Tom Williams. For all who suffer from chronic illnesses and for those we now name. For the protection of the men and women of our armed forces at home and abroad, especially John Asbell, Louisa Balthazar, Chase Bradshaw, John Brewer, Michael Buthler, Michael Cahill, Mark Carter, Melissa Kleckler, Stan Harris, Jay Holloway, Scott Howell, Eric Dramilla, Walton Lucky, Bailey Lutz, Calvin Powell, R.P. Powell, Harold Russell, Michael Thomas, Joe Vinson, James Warner, Mark Waters, and White Welch. Make our hearts burn within us, O Christ, as we walk with you on the road and listen to your words. 
that we may go in the strength of your presence and your truth all our journey through and at its end behold you in the glory of the eternal trinity God forever and ever Amen let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor most merciful God Confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, about what we have done and about what we have left undone. We have not loved him with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Good morning, everyone, and uh, welcome to St. John's this morning on this third Sunday in Eastertide. Um, we have several, several um, important things coming up and fun things. I'll start off with our largest. Uh, this coming weekend, we have uh, the Mayberry Ministries, which is a, a benefit for the Honduras medical mission of the Diocese of Mississippi. We're raising funds to send doctors, uh, nurses, dentists, um, and infrastructure people down down to the poorest uh, areas in Honduras and to help them out and to do so we're, we have a professional troop of ministers who are coming here uh, and, and will reenact or relive some of Andy Griffith's from the Andy Griffith show uh, some of the most famous and heartwarming scenes uh, so you're invited to do that there will uh, Edward Chisholm who's our vestry person of the day will be in the back of the church uh, selling tickets for that so if you want to go uh, you may purchase them from him or through our website or notes from Patmos. Um, also, we have Day of the Park coming up May the 5th, which is two weeks from now. And at Day in the Park, we always have a Coca-Cola booth where we raise money for the uh, ministry and things of the parish. Last year, uh, that went to the, to the EYC or youth of the parish for, for their mission work. Uh, and we need volunteers to, to sign up and help with that. And Mr. Ray Palmer... Uh, I think he's still here. Ray, yeah, there he is. Ray will, uh, has a sign-up sheet, so if you're interested in signing up, uh, you may see Ray after the service, or you may do so uh, online, again, through our website or notes from Patmos. 
And I think that's all that is really uh, pressing. This Tuesday morning, I will remind you all, we'll begin our Tuesday morning study group again. This time we're looking at C.S. Lewis's book, Mere Christianity. If you're interested, uh, please come having read the preface, chapters 1 and 2. Um, and so that's, that's it. And also mark your calendar, lastly, uh, for our St. John's Parish picnic to be held Pentecost Sunday, May 27th. Um, and I think that's it. So uh, again, welcome. Ascribe to the Lord the honor due his name. Bring offerings and come into his courts.
give thanks to you, O God, for the goodness and love which you have made known to us in creation, in the calling of Israel to be your people, in your word spoken to the prophets, and above all in the word made flesh, Jesus your Son. For in these last days you sent him to be incarnate from the Virgin Mary, to be the Savior and Redeemer of the world. In him you have delivered us from evil and made us worthy to stand before you. In him you have brought us out of error into truth, out of sin into righteousness, out of death into life. 
On the night before he died for us, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took a cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, according to his command, O Father, we remember his death, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory, and we offer our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to you, O Lord of all, presenting to you from your creation this bread and this wine. We pray you, gracious God, to send your Holy Spirit upon these gifts, that they may be the sacrament of the body of Christ and his blood of the new covenant. Unite us to your Son in his sacrifice, that we may be acceptable through him, being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In the fullness of time, put all things in subjection under your Christ, and bring us to that heavenly country where, with the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, St. Peter, St. John, our patron, and all your saints, we may enter the everlasting heritage of your sons and daughters. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the firstborn of all creation, the head of the church, and the author of our salvation. By him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.
May Almighty God, who has redeemed us and made us His children through the resurrection of His Son, our Lord, bestow upon you the riches of His blessing. May God, who through the water of baptism has raised us from sin into newness of life, make you holy and worthy to be united with Christ forever. May God, who has brought us out of bondage to sin into true and lasting freedom in the Redeemer, bring you to your true eternal inheritance. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you forever. Amen.